Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Welcome to the Farm Talk programme with John O'Connor. Coming up, tips on docks and other weeds control, a report from the EU Agriculture Commissioner's address to the IFA National Council recently, the MACRA report with Marae Tuig, 96 and 103 FM and Farm Talk reporter, the ICMSA calls for a base milk price of 53 cents per litre, entries invited for the West Cork Farm Awards. The ICMSA is calling for a base milk price of 53 cents per litre for May. A base milk price of 53 cents per litre is fully justified for May milk, according to the chairperson of the ICMSA's Dairy Committee. Mr Dole Murphy said that co-op boards should be considering this as the minimum when they meet to set the May milk price. Mr Murphy said that the recent so-called blips in the last few GDT were entirely predictable, given the prospect of peak milk production in the Northern Hemisphere. More significant, according to Mr Murphy, was that the most recent Dutch dairy quotations show that the market has not only steadied, but is actually moving upwards again. The ICMSA Dairy Committee chairperson said that all the indicators are positive and dairy farmers must get the benefits of the improved market returns to offset the long list of escalating input costs. Part of a statement there from the ICMSA National Dairy Committee Chairperson, Mr Noel Murphy. Next, the Macro Report. Hi John, it's Murray here, Balancholic PRO and Shandoon PRO. Congratulations to Nakraha who are heading to the Tag Rugby National Final later this month following the regional round against Whitechurch. Mocker's Rural Youth Committee have a jam-packed month of activities planned for June. They're encouraging members to support local businesses from June 6th. From the 13th, then, they're starting Mindfulness Week ahead of the Wellness Weekend in Carlingford. The week of the 20th of June, they want members to share their pride for Pride Week. The committee have competitions running across the month where members are in with a chance to win vouchers. Members should check their emails for all of the details. 
Congratulations to all members who completed the Mizzen to Mallon cycle over five days. There's still time to donate and all proceeds go to three charities. Make the move, Embrace Farm and the Irish Cancer Society. Keep an eye on our club social media pages to see what we're up to. And new members are always welcome. Thank you. And thank you, Mairead, for that mocker update. Mairead Tuig, 96.3 FM and Farm Talk reporter. The reported intervention by President Higgins must be heeded by the government and retailers, the IFA say. IFA President Tim Cullen said the intervention by President Michael D. Higgins on the practice by retailers of selling food at artificially low prices allegedly, which are often below cost, is very significant. The IFA President was speaking at the opening of the Bloom Festival in the Phoenix Park. Mr Cullen said... President Higgins was right to call this out. It diminishes the value of food in the eyes of consumers. It's destroying the horticulture sector and other sectors which are dependent on the domestic retail market. Tim Cullen said the government should take heed of President Higgins' comments and make the upcoming legislation as robust as possible. The Agricultural and Food Supply Chain Bill 2022 is currently going for pre-legislative scrutiny. The President's comments should be heeded by the government in drafting the bill to ensure primary producers are protected. Retailers should also respond to the President's comments. Retailers, the IFSA, like to tell us about their corporate responsibility programmes, but the reality is, the IFA allege, they use artificially priced food as a loss leader to draw in footfall without consideration of the consequences. The national tillage area has increased by 19,791 hectares, 6.1% in 2022, compared with last year, according to provisional figures from the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine. However, the area planted to fruit, vegetables, salad leaves and herbs has declined by 12% or approximately 880 hectares. This is the same year that the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, formed a National Fodder and Food Security Committee and launched a TIS tillage incentive scheme to increase tillage area by 25,000 hectares. The scheme appears to have impacted positively on the area of cereals and fodder for this year. According to these figures, the TIS tillage incentive scheme has reached 79% of its target area. A large amount of increases came in winter cereals and winter oilseed rape. The figures from this year's basic payment scheme BPS applications show that the area under cereal crops increased by an impressive 12,943 hectares. Winter barley area increased by 6,298 hectares, while winter wheat increased by 4,268 hectares. Oats saw a small decrease, while rye saw a massive increase relative to its area last year 21, rising by 1,417 hectares in 2022. The total cereal crop area for 2022 stands at 288,480 hectares, an increase of 4.7% in cereal crop area. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Mr Mark Noonan from 
Wheelin Crop Protection. First of all, Mark, welcome to the programme. Now, you've got some very interesting information about the Wheelin Crop Protection products. So, first of all, being mindful we've had an unseasonably cold spell until the end of April, when is the best time to spray silage grounds for docks? Uh, first of all, John, uh, you make a very good point about the weather. Uh, most of your listeners will be very well aware there's been few and far between opportunities to spray silage fields before the end of April this season. What that really means is control hasn't been possible before first cut silage in 2022. So cold weather isn't helpful at all when attempting to control your weeds. Uh, in an ideal world, John, you would spray your silage ground three weeks to a month prior to your cutting of silage. And the reason for this is to allow translocation of the actives down to the root to effectively control your docks. But not only that, this, this period of three weeks to a month allows the dock root to die out totally so you have a nice, clean um, silage free of docks and of the highest quality. To answer your question, uh, for most of your listeners, the next opportunity to treat the silage ground for docks, it'll be in the next two to three weeks after first cut silage. So if you're wondering when's the best time to spray them, it's when they're about eight inches higher across. That's the ideal time to hit the dock in the aftergrass. Well, thank you for clarifying those points, Mark. Now, what are the important key points in ensuring you would get the most from your weed control programme? Yes, no problem. There's a lot of important factors uh, that are key in getting the best possible results in any weed control programme. And I'll just point out a few of them. Always use higher levels of water um, in your your spray programme. And when I mean higher levels, with the Corteva range of herbicides, I'm talking about three to 400 litres of water per hectare. And the reason for this is trial work has been done uh, at lower levels of water per hectare. You will get short-term weed control, but at three to 400 litres of water, you will get better long-term weed control and better coverage as well, particularly when this wards are dense, um, which is very pertinent to the season that we're in. Avoid spring and cold conditions. And the reason for this is you need active growth of plants in order to get effective control. So cold weather is a hindrance to this. And be mindful as well that we're not just talking about daytime. Nighttime temperatures are also very important. So you'd aim for a minimum nighttime temperature of 8 degrees and ideally 13, 14 degrees by day. Avoid spring and drought conditions. Um, funny enough, the weather can turn or you can get four seasons in one day. It hasn't rained hugely uh, so far this month, and soil moistures are okay at the moment, but avoid spring and drought conditions because soil moisture must also be present uh, for herbicides to work effectively. Uh, As ever, with Irish weather as well, you need to keep your eye on the local weather forecast. Uh, It's important to spray onto a dry leaf, and ideally you would like it to be dry for two hours afterwards to allow it to dry onto the leaf. And always check the label and ask your advisor if the herbicide you're using is clover-friendly or not. Uh, that's a bigger uh, point in the last few years as many more people are introducing clover into their swords. Avoid spraying under a hot midday sun. And the reason I say this is the magnification effect. Even water on grass under a strong sun can stress the plant as well. And probably one of the most important points is always spray the weed at the correct growth stage. And when I say docks, I'm talking about 8 inches higher across if you're talking about nettles and thistles, six to eight inches higher across is ideal as well. And then when it comes to buttercups or dandelions, try and try and spray them before you have a flower on that plant. If docks have gone to seed, 
uh, or any other plant for that matter, top them and come back in three weeks later when they're at the ideal growth stage. Uh, obviously, if you have broad spectrum weeds, make sure and talk to your agronomist or local advisor about the correct product to use. And finally, uh, be aware of buffer zones from surface water bodies. It's different for each product uh, and that can be found on the label. How do you calculate the level of dock infestation in your sward? That's, that's pretty simple. And the reason, first, before I go into that, the reason you would do it, John, is if your weed infestation level is very low, uh, there's no big consequence or yield penalty, so it may not be necessary to spray. Or if you have a low level of docks or nettles in your sward and you have clover that you need to protect, you could spray it, spot spray it with a knapsack product like Grazon Pro and protect your clover whilst taking out the weeds. However, if your weed infestation is above 10%, that can represent a yield penalty of a ton of dry matter per hectare. So this is why you would try to calculate what is the population of weeds in your fields? And what you do is you apply the 7 by 5 meter rule, John. What that means is marking out a rectangle 7 meters by 5 in a representative weed infested area of the field. And we'll take, for example, there's four docks and there's four thistles in that area. So that means there's eight plants in that area. And what that means is you have an 8% infestation. So for every plant you count, you have an equal and opposite reduction in yield. So... 10 docks is 10% weeds, which means a 10% reduction in your dry matter yield. Um, this can represent, as I say, a reduction of one ton of dry matter with an approximate value of 160 euros a hectare. So not only is there a yield loss, it's not all about economics. Dems can play havoc with the bale silage and puncturing bales, and it can also affect the fermentation process in the pit, leading to a reduction in quality. That covers that off. Talking about infestation now, say the duck infestation is 5%, we'll say, say markets 5% or less, but if clover is present and you don't yeah. want to destroy the very valuable clover. It's, it's very much a personal choice. It's, it's, look, it, you can spot spray them and take them out. Uh, some people can't stand the sight of a weed, others it doesn't bother them. Um, so as I, as I say, it's very much a personal choice. You can spot spray them to keep on top of them. If Invariably, John, if you don't, treat your weeds as, as, as the population grows it, it gets worse and worse so if it is with five percent and you've got the time in your hands you can spot spray them without without taking out clover if if you've clover in your sword as well yeah again you say it's very much a question of choice and if you have time available to get rid of the five percent or less individually but leaving docks behind what is the case if there's a wide variety of weeds in the listener's field how will they begin to cope with that yeah, look, it, as mentioned earlier, it's, it's very important to choose the appropriate herbicide for, for the weeds present. And, and for that reason, you talk to your local advisor from your from your merchant or co-op. Always seek advice or read a label. Uh, but pasture trial is tailor-made for situations where you have a wider spectrum of weeds, be it docks, dandelions, chickweed, thistles and buttercups, that kind of thing. Um, not only that, John, but if the weeds are at varying growth stages... As mentioned earlier, it's very important to get them at the right stage. So you would top them and come back in three weeks when the, all the growth stages are evened up. Now, not only that, but pasture trio can be used in established grassland, which is all grasses over 12 months old, or new sown lays, as it's very kind of grass. And it, as mentioned, it controls a wide range of, of those undesirable weeds. Uh, Aim to spray or reseed, maybe when the grass is at the tree leaf stage, and that's typically six to eight weeks after reseeding. And just a point of note, 
pastor trio will take out your clover. So if clover is an important uh, constituent of your sward, aim to use a clover-friendly herbicide, not pastor trio in that case. Very important. In fact, you included that note and underlined it in the briefing uh, paper. Pastor trio will kill clover Clover, red clover, white clover, pastor trio will kill clover. Bear that in mind when you are spraying with um, any of your products from Wheelands. So very important, that point, as you have referred to, of course, more than once. Now, we turn to a situation as docks, Mark, are the most common weed problem on many of our listeners' farms. Can you tell our listeners a little more about them, about uh, docks and understanding docks, uh, if only to you know, cope with them and get rid of them? Yeah, John, there's there's a lot to lot to know about docks, and most of your listeners will be will be very familiar with them. There's two types: there's the broadleaf dock, the curl leaf dock. Uh, they've got a very large taproot, can be up to a meter long, and each plant produces sixty to eighty thousand seeds. Okay. Now, the reason uh, we advise to use a systemic product, maybe like Docksar Pro, is because it translocates down to that taproot that's very big in terms of controlling controlling the dock. Um, dock seeds will reside in that soil the 60 to 80,000 seeds I mentioned will reside in that soil and they require three conditions in order to establish themselves so they need light moisture and nutrients if they get the three of those together they will establish and they can stay viable in the soil for up to 20 years docks favour high fertility soils particularly potash followed by nitrogen and a common question is do docks survive in silage if the pit is properly ensiled, they don't survive the low pH environment. They can, however, survive in bale silage and hay. And they'll thrive in open swards, like silage ground, or where there's poaching occurring. They tend to pop up whenever there's an opportunity. As I mentioned, when they, when they get light and there's less competition. What a lot of people don't realise is docks have 65% feed value of grass. And all that might sound like a positive, they're not palatable. So they're unpalatable to stock. And they will compete for light, moisture, and nutrients. And it, that basically hinders the ability of your sward to reach its true potential. And finally, um, across the region, there are numerous advisors in your local agri-merchants and co-ops and are well qualified to help you in dealing with your issues around weed control. And remember to always read the label before use or get advice. Uh, every every product tends, tends to carry different requirements and stipulations as well. So just to be aware of that. Well, thank you very much indeed, Mark. An amazing amount of information there for our listeners to uh, digest. And uh, thank you very much, Mr. Mark Noonan from Wheelian Crop Protection. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Mr. Pat O'Toole, political correspondent for the Irish Farmers Journal. First of all, Pat, welcome to the programme. The journal this week, it seems there are some very potentially good news. We find that the Commissioner seems to be open to persuasion on farmers uh, meriting more cap supports. He says he fully understands the farmer, going back to his own days when he grew up on a Polish uh, family farm. And very, very important, no intention to reduce livestock farming, a statement there reported from the Commissioner. So, Pat, just an overall background to that headline in the journal Sure, John. Well, um, the context was that Commissioner Woszkowski was addressing the IFA. He was in Ireland for the World Potato Congress, which was hosted in Dublin uh, for four days this week. And he came on Monday to formally open the the Congress. And uh, in advance of that, he came to the Farm Centre 
and met the IFA council, <clears throat> made a 20-minute address and then answered questions for the bones of an hour. Um, in that address, he was very clear on the need for food security. Uh, and in the light of recent events, uh, the tensions all through 2021, the um, increase in inputs, especially fuel, fertilizer, feed, and then the, um, the the invasion of Ukraine and how that has absolutely transformed uh, feed costs and, uh, and the fundamentals of farming. Um, so he compared uh, the need for food security to be a priority on a par with defence. And he pointed out that the defence budget uh, of Europe uh, or takes up 2% of the GDP of the EU. Um, in comparison to uh, the cap, which only takes up 0.3% of uh, the EU. And he said that um, <clears throat> we need uh, food security needs to be treated like defence and like energy security. In fact, without food, nothing is possible. Uh, now, when he was talking about more funding, <clears throat> he's not talking about next week or next month or even next year. We're currently uh, in the, uh, the early stages of the seven-year multi-financial framework, which is running from 2021 20, through to 2027. And he was talking about, during his term as commissioner, he's halfway through his five years, during the latter half of it, he expects the conversation to begin around the next multi-financial framework scheduled to run from 2028 to 2034. And he will be looking for increased funding for the cap and for farming at that stage. So uh, that's a long way off. Uh, and I think that farmers will be hoping that uh, now that food security is back on the menu, uh, that there'll be funding uh, in place to support food production uh, because the cost of production has risen massively. And uh, some sectors are really struggling, especially fruit and vegetable producers, the pig sector, poultry farmers. And there's real concerns around winter finish risk because... Um, it's not it's not known yet what kind of prices we'll get for, for beef next next winter. Uh, dairy farmers are doing well at the moment, uh, bar those involved in fixed milk prices. Grain farmers' expectations are good. Beef prices are decent, and especially for animals being finished off grass, and, and land prices are at record levels. So you could say the fundamentals seem quite good despite the high cost of farming at the moment. But underneath that, there are concerns, and... Um, 2028 is a long way away. Now, in the journal, Pass, there's one article there, and it's written by your good self. I fully understand the farmer, a quote there from the EU commissioner, and that arises, I suppose, from his growing up on a family farm in Poland. But to what extent do you think that is a very good omen as regards his way of thinking and understanding of farmers, though you may have a situation where Polish farmers and Irish farmers might be vying for scarcer and scarcer funds. Yeah, and of course, there are huge differences and variations in farming across Europe. There's a very different history uh, in terms of farming. He contrasted Ireland's 50-year membership of the of the EU with, with Poland's 18 years, and how the large collective farms have been mass- massively rationalised. He pointed out that the number of livestock farms in Poland almost halved in the last decade. Uh, so 
his perception of, of farming, he said he understands farming and he, he acknowledged Ireland's... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sports, he particularly congratulated Ireland for... um, He's a great man for statistics and one that he quoted... um, across our sectors was our output per capita, uh, as in per head of population. Of course, it's not really an, it's an unusual measure because the key thing in terms of our output is is our capacity to grow grass and the the proportion of fertile land we have in Ireland, um, which is suitable for, for grasslands or, or for tillage. A lot of European countries don't have as high a proportion of their land um, suitable for high output farming and of course a lot of them are much more densely populated but anyway he talked about the fact that both our beef and our dairy output per capita is by far the highest in Europe but having said that when he uh, when he went to explain his vision of European farming the farm he went back to was a farm he visited in the Baltics in Lithuania and it was a smallish farm 15 hectares uh, it was organic and he is a big proponent of organics. He wants to see 25% of European farms organic by the end of his tenure. And uh, it was supplying vegetables for a local market. So that's a very different type of farming to Ireland's export-led uh, production. Um, he acknowledged that Ireland's target for organics is much lower than the European average, 
We're currently at 2.5%. We're aiming to get to 7.5% by 2027. Uh, and he said that was a challenge for Ireland and acknowledged that. But, but the perception you were left with was that when he talks about farming and he empathises with farmers, his heart is drawn towards that model of farming as opposed to our model of farming. A very, a very small family farm and not uh, exporting a vast amount of uh, milk or dairy products. So quite a difference there between the Polish situation and our own uh, massive exports of dairy and livestock uh, by scale. He referred to emissions and crop rotation measures to be delayed and the general overall loss of farming numbers, etc. But in general... At least he has sympathy for farmers, but at the same time, despite his understanding, he would be looking at a situation where the pressure overall is for the reduction of livestock numbers across the European Union linked to emissions, rightly or wrongly. Yeah, well, there's a few things here, I suppose, um, because the devil is in the detail in all these broad policy pronouncements. But... If you listen to the commissioner say there's no intention to reduce livestock numbers, you'll hear the same from Leo Varadkar or from Pippa Hackett uh, domestically or from Charlie McConnell, that there's no intention to reduce livestock numbers. Or they'll say that no farmer will be forced to cut his, his cattle numbers. But within that, there are policy instruments which will mean that some farmers may decide to cut, it will be, they'll be led towards rather than forced to reduce their, their livestock numbers. The feeling is more and more uh, that the pressures are going to come not just from within agriculture and within the CAP and within the Commission, but externally, because like this week, the EPA had very strong words about the uh, need for agriculture and other sectors to reduce our emissions and reduce them significantly. Laura Burke, the uh, CEO of uh, the EPA said that, or the director of the EPA, she said that she was asked about efficiency of agriculture and is our agriculture efficiency uh, get out clause. And she said that efficiency doesn't cut it, it's about emissions. Um, and we've got to reduce the carbon footprint of our farming. And that we can't hide behind the fact that we are relatively efficient in terms of our output. And we, ha- we may have high emissions, but we're very high output. So that's the message coming from the EPA. Uh, and if you look at the way the Food Vision Group uh, for the dairy sector has been uh, tackling the issues around the emissions from the dairy sector, it seems inevitable that there's going to be at least a capping of the dairy herd. And we're seeing reductions. Uh, this week we carry some livestock figures. We have seen... Uh, an increase of, I think, 37,000 calves born in the dairy herd, um, but we've seen a reduction of about 27,000 head. Don't time me to those figures, but that's about right, uh, of the sucker herd this year. Um, so if the dairy herd stops expanding, we're going to see cattle numbers fall. Like Mr. Varadkar speaking down in Tullamore at the Finnegate Conference, Mr. Varadkar gave assurances that there was no intention to reduce uh, livestock numbers. By the same token, you have a situation where, there, to put it very brutally, more than one way to skin a cat, and the farmers, by another way, are being nudged. They're being nudged 
towards a reduction of livestock numbers, whatever the sector, be it um, dairy, beef, pigs, sheep, or whatever? Correct. Well, look, uh, my youngest dad's starting the leaving in a few days, John, and every child doing the leaving starts out with 600 points available to them. But not every child is going to get 600 points. The intention is not there to have any child do poorly in an exam. But the marking system is the marking system. And, uh, you know, the Munster finals between Clare and Limerick on Sunday and the referee's intention will be to uh, referee the match fairly. Uh, But the losing side will probably be unhappy with a few decisions. And the reality is that when we hear these reassuring words from the commissioner and from the minister... We've also got to look at what they're doing. And while there's no intention for any individual farmer to be forced to cut his numbers, there is an inevitability about the fact that numbers are going to fall over the next five to ten years uh, of livestock because of the policy instruments that are going to come together around climate uh, action, around emissions reduction. Um, And the other thing, I suppose, we're seeing it this year alone with the drop in dairy output, um, if we remain in a period of very high uh, input costs, farmers will make decisions around rationalisation themselves uh, based on economic efficiency. And the Russian invasion of Ukraine, that's having at the moment and will have for some considerable time a serious impact on world agriculture. I think that's um, seeping through now coinciding with the new EU cap on the way. This being the last year of the current cap, uh, next year will be the first year of the new cap, the one that the Commissioner has presided over the negotiations of. And uh, he already announced on Monday, it was the clearest policy statement, that he is open to and intending to uh, ensure that there will be such flexibilities, that there will be a delay of the introduction of any uh, cropping restrictions. In terms of ploughing, um, yeah, timing of ploughing, the, the regulations, are it, it's more about incorporation of uh, cover crops and uh, there's issues around minimum tillage and, and zero tillage. In Ireland, we're not that restricted in, in terms of uh, ploughing. There are rules in terms of ploughing up uh, grasslands because of the release of carbon, but they're more restrictive uh, in Europe. Such a small proportion of our land is under tillage at the moment compared to how much is on the grassland. And we have quite a lot of flexibility within the EU framework. And we saw the tillage incentive scheme this year, uh, which has re- resulted in a 6% increase or part, been contributed to a 6% increase in the tillage area, uh, boosting the amount of land which is being um, uh, put into crops this year. And some of that land obviously had to be ploughed for the first time uh, in recent years. So, uh, not not as much of a concern in Ireland as in other countries, but you're right about one thing, that the um, the conflict, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, um, has been a game-changer for the continent of Europe. Complacency around food supply and food security and food being available at very cheap cost is gone, and everything is being re-examined. 
Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Pat O'Toole, political correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you, Pat, for that amazing contribution there based on several articles you've written for the Irish Farmers Journal this week. Farmers need more cap supports, the EU Commission quoted there, and that's the Saturday 4th of June edition of the Irish Farmers Journal. Amazing coverage there of the EU Commissioner, Janusz Wojciechowski. Thank you very much indeed, Pat. Thanks a million. You're very welcome, John. Anytime. Joining us on the Farm Talk programme, we have Mr. Sean Mahan, the Managing Director of the Southern Star newspaper. First of all, Sean, welcome to the programme. So, Sean, could you tell our listeners something about the West Cork Farming Awards and how listeners can enter? And is it confined to people from the West Cork area only? Uh, Hi, John. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, So the West Cork Farming Awards have been going for eight years now. And it's um, an award scheme that uh, we at the Southern Star run in conjunction with the Celtic Ross Hotel in Ross Carberry. Uh, and also this year as well in association with, uh, with IFAC. And, and basically the essence behind the awards is to allow us to find and to recognise and to celebrate all the great men and women um, and, and, and young people as well, that, that, are, that are working in West Cork farming, West Cork agriculture, agribusiness, and to really try and bring their, their stories to, to the fore. Um, and like I said, to give them the recognition that they deserve. It's, uh, as we all know, it's a, it can be a tough, a tough industry uh, to, um, to, to thrive in, um, in terms of farming and agriculture. So um, there are six different award categories. Um, that people can enter. Um, there is the Young Farmer of the Year Award, Dairy Farmer of the Year, Dry Stock Farmer of the Year. We also have a Diversification Award, which has um, uh, brought some great entries in over the past years where farmers have diversified into other types of uh, revenue-generating models uh, on their business. It could be food produce or it could be tourism uh, or any... any, any um, uh, of, of the different ways that farms can diversify these days. We have a Hall of Fame award, which is very specifically around uh, individuals being nominated by people who have made a fantastic and outstanding contribution to farming over the course of their career or to agribusiness over the course of their career. And then, John, we've also introduced a really, um, we think, quite an exciting new award category for this year, which is called the Farming Family Award. And the whole idea behind this award was we know that uh, in many families, uh, many farms, sorry, that uh, there's multi-generations of families uh, working on the farm, uh, grandparents, uh, the parents, uh, the children, the maybe teenagers, and even, even younger children. And we felt that this is such an important part of the fabric of, of farming life in Ireland, never mind just West Cork, that it's something that, again, we should, we should celebrate. So we're asking... Um, uh, any farming families that feel they'd like to enter to just to put together a short sort of one minute, one and a half minute, two minute max little video. The, the younger people in the family might get involved in that, do it on the iPhone or whatever, um, sort of TikTok style um, and and send us in those videos showing the, the hard work, but the fun side of, of how their family all gets stuck in on the farm. So we're looking forward to seeing some of the entries that, that come in for that category. 
Now, I understand, Sean, you have a website. Could you give our listeners details of your website or any other means uh, where they can contact you or find out more about the awards? And indeed, uh, how are the awards achieved? Have you a judging panel or is it confined to people from West Cork? So you might remind our listeners about that very important uh, website connection. www.southernstar.ie slash Farming Awards. So that's southernstar.ie slash farming awards. Also, though, if anybody has any inquiries about the awards, they can ring the Southern Star officers uh, on 028 21200, 028-21200 and our team here, our, our customer service team, will be delighted to help you uh, answer any questions that anybody's got, even send you out uh, uh, one of our Farming Awards brochures. But like I said, all the information from the Farming Award brochure that we have is all online at southernstar.ie slash farming awards. Uh, we, we cover the whole wider West Court region. So, you know, we're looking for entries from right across West Court, from, you know, in the in a Shannon uh, out uh, east, all the way over to the end of the Bear Peninsula, all the way up to... Uh, the sort of the, the the northern borders of of, of West Cork, um, which is which is a big a big geographical area in in itself. So um, so yeah, we we we've had we have had entries over the years from all parts of West Cork and from all different age categories and from uh, all different you know male farmers, female farmers, young farmers, older farmers, etc. So that's something we we look forward to seeing is the, is the diversity of the entries that we receive. It would be a great honour to win an award. In terms of prizes or awards, what do they constitute? Is it a cup or a plaque? Every, everybody that um, is uh, a finalist, actually, uh, is short. if you're shortlisted and, and are one of the finalists for each category, then you will receive a, um, a certificate, a frame certificate, and, and a small trophy, a, a kind of a plaque-type trophy. Um, and um, in addition to that, then there is there is um, uh, you know a, a fair bit of sort of PR and, and, and publicity uh, that would run throughout uh, the Southern Stars media, both in the newspaper or in our farming magazine, um, and 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 on, across our social media and website, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we know from the feedback that we've got from some of the past award winners, um, particularly some of the people that have won uh, the Diversification Award. Um, and the young farmers as well, but it's 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 that 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 has helped that profile has helped them in their in their day to day year to year operations uh, in terms of running their farm or expanding their uh, their food businesses. For example, we've had winners in the past that uh, uh, were uh, are beef farmers and they've gone into delivering beef uh, products door to door, sort of beef boxes that you can ring up an order or order online. And, and the publicity and the profile that they got from entering our awards um, has really helped their businesses develop as time has gone gone by. Uh, but we have a, we have a really um, uh, solid judging panel uh, made up of four uh, uh, different uh, individuals with different backgrounds. We we have um, a gentleman called Tom Curran, who's the regional manager. Uh, many of your listeners will know he's regional manager with, with, with Tagus West Cork. Um, we have a lady called Caroline Murphy. She's the owner and founder of West Cork Eggs, and uh, she, she, she also lives and works on a, on a dairy farm as well. Um, we have a gentleman called JJ Walsh, who will be very well known, um, ex-Carberry and, and now a business advisor and consultant. And a lady called Marguerite Crowley joined the judging panel this year. And Marguerite is a dairy farmer near Skibbereen, um, but she's also one of the founding members of West Cork Farm Tours. Uh, again, 
a, 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 a business idea that was born out actually um, about five or six years ago from a number of farmers who happened to be at the Farming Awards Gala lunch. And they got together and they got talking and this idea was born out of um, out of their conversations, which was to launch West Cork Farm Tours, which up until COVID was doing very well. And I think that they're, they're, they're really trying to get that back on track again now uh, this year and going forwards. And overseas, uh, West Cork cheeses and West Cork uh, produce, very often artisan produce. There's an amazing variety of food produced in West Cork, which has won year after year awards overseas, particularly in the UK, winning cheeses from West Cork firms. That's one of the, the things that we like to try and do uh, as, as what we, we can do as the Southern Star to, to help, um, as, as indeed you, you, you do on C103 as well which is to, to do what we can to help raise and build and promote the profile of West Cork and West Cork farming and West Cork uh, food produce, uh, which, as you say, we have a wonderful product and we have a wonderful brand in, in terms of West Cork. Um, and so, you know, we just find by publicising the awards, all the promotion that we do in the run-up to the awards and during and post the awards, not only is that being seen and consumed by people in West Cork, but actually, because we're pushing that out across social media and our website, etc., it's being picked up by people right across the island of Ireland. And as you say, in the United Kingdom and even further afield into Europe and the rest of the world. So we like to think that the awards, as well as celebrating the local people here on the ground in West Cork, they're also a way of, of, of helping promote West Cork as an entity in its own, in its own right. And of course, the Celtic Ross Hotel, the co-sponsors with the Southern Star of the West Cork Farm Awards, hopefully the reputation of the excellent food in Cork West or West uh, Cork would bring plenty of tourists and revive the tourism industry after the two years of the pandemic which uh, struck us down. So your co-sponsors, Catholic Ross Hotel, hopefully they would benefit too from an upsurge or resumption of the great tourism, often food tourism in West Cork. Yes, uh, absolutely. And and the Celtic Ross are are, are good partners uh, to us on these awards. And their their food offering is excellent, as indeed it is for for many of the uh, uh, different hotels and and restaurants and and the hospitality trade across West Cork. And um, yeah, I mean, when we have the awards lunches, uh, when we make uh, the presentations, etc., the Celtic Ross will always go to great lengths to put on a, a locally sourced menu. Uh, with produce coming from from local farmers from you know from Clonakilty, from Roscarbery, from Skibreen, from Dunmanway, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and that's a really nice touch because it ties in with the whole essence of the of the farming awards, which are celebrating local people, celebrating local farmers. Um, so yeah, I think I think we'd all be hopeful and optimistic that there, there can be a bit of a bounce back uh, this summer. I mean, I, I'm getting a sense things feel busier already now. Here we are on the first day of June and. I hear quite a lot of English accents around and, and, and seeing a few French cars around. And um, so hopefully um, once the schools break up, um, West Court will get that, uh, that shot in the arm again from, from tourists, both, both Irish tourists and overseas tourists coming, coming back down to this great part of the world. Mr. Sean Mann, the MD Managing Director 
of the Southern Star newspaper. And Sean, before we depart, could you please remind our listeners about that website number, the, the website address where people can find out everything about the West Cork Farm Awards, jointly sponsored by Southern Star newspaper and Celtic Ross Hotel in Roscarbury. Yes, the web address is www.southernstar.ie slash farming awards. Or you can call 028-21200 and speak to a member of our customer services team who will help you out with any questions you might have. The closing date is, is June the 9th, so not, not too long to go now. But uh, again, you know, we would encourage people to get their entries in as soon as possible. And look, even if it's right up to the 9th or, or, or just around that, that, that's absolutely fine. Um, but that's why uh, that's why we're, we're, we're delighted to have been invited onto your show today, John. Just to uh, just to give, give the message another push out there and, and get that that call for for entries into uh, anyone that's uh, either thinking they should enter themselves or indeed they might know somebody that they feel uh, deserves to enter these awards and deserves the recognition recognition. And we'd ask that they encourage them to to get an entry in uh, as soon as possible. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Sean Mahan, the Managing Director of the Southern Star Newspaper. The closing date is only days away, and hopefully there'll be a good response. Thank you, John. And that's Farm Talk for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony and Marie Tuig for contributing to the programme again this week. And a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.